Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and as always, joining me is my lovely fellow host, Ariel. Hello. And today, I'm pretty excited, because we're going to be talking a Minish Cap. Woo! (laughs) So, let's get started with a brief summary So, The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap is the 12th main installment in The Legend of Zelda series and was originally released in 2004. Can you believe that? Dang. Two more years and it'll be 20 years ago this was released. World. Oh. (laughs) So, the game was different. Honestly, um, it featured new mechanics such as shrinking, altering your form, you know, things like that. And it was done in the art style of the Four Swords. So it's more cartoonish. And it featured the first time that we ran into the enemy Vati. Now, Vati is the main enemy for the Four Swords adventures. Um, and it's it was very interesting to see the origin point. Did you know that the original logo for the game featured the master sword, not the four swords? I did not. Yeah. It it didn't get in the game, the master sword. No. So they nixed it for the four sword. That's interesting. I'm glad they did nix it for the four sword because honestly, it would have not made any sense because the master sword wasn't anywhere near the game. Right. <laughs> So that's pretty much it on the summary. It it really didn't staple the way for anything except for some few game mechanic changes in the Legend of Zelda series. But it was still a warm welcome because it was a new, fresh look at the world from the eyes of the Minish. And boy, was it cool. So with all that being said, let's talk plot you can't steal my line (laughs) but before we get into the plot one more fun little tidbit of information okay the minish cap is the only game boy advance game with two different not for resale cartridges which were used in store kiosks one says not for resale and contains the full version of the game the other says not for resale demo where there are three playable areas to explore. Subsequent Zelda games like Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks had also 
had demo carts with selectable stages. I didn't know about those. You do now. I do now. See, I'm learning all kinds of new things through this. <laughs> I did know that uh, in 2011, whenever you, uh, for the ambassador program for Nintendo, whoever pre-ordered a 3DS, this was one of the free games that was distributed as a bonus title. Ooh. So, yeah, I did know about that one. I just did not know about the demos. So let's talk plot. <clears throat> so... Essentially, the plot is long ago, there were evil spirits that descended on the land of Hyrule. And when everything seemed bleak and terrible and that the world would just be covered in darkness all over again, these tiny little creatures called the Pakori descended from the sky and entrusted a shining golden light and a single sword. To a courageous hero. Hmm. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> no, it doesn't, honestly. Uh, after the hero fought and defeated the demons and restored peace, the people were so grateful to the Picari that they began the ongoing festival in their honor, which is lovingly known as the Picari Festival. Hmm. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Original name? Of course. And this is actually where the Minish Cap picks up. This is the 100th year for the Picori Festival. And it's special because it is rumored in legend that every 100 years, a mystical doorway between Hyrule and the Picori world would open up. And the festival, it showed in this game the festival was a big extravaganza and everyone you talked to was like oh it's the 100th year of the festival it's the 100th year of the festival they really wanted to hammer home that this was the one this was special so in this game we play as our loving little green capped character Link much like any other game no <laughs> but this one's a little different Link is a young blacksmith's apprentice in this game and he was invited to the Picari Festival by his childhood friend, Princess Zelda. He was, he was like, ah, yeah, I guess. Well, okay, I'll go, I'll go. So Link and Zelda head to the festival and you wander around a little bit. You play a game, you win a mini shield and you don't really think anything of it until it's time to go to the castle where they would present the winner the sword that Link assisted in blacksmithing for this particular competition. Now, the competition is a sword fighting tournament. And like I said earlier, the sword that the blacksmith and Link created was the prize. When the ceremony begins, the first thing we see is the Picari blade plunged into a locked chest full of evil monsters. <clears throat> this was said to have happened because it was what was used to seal the creatures away. This mysterious hooded figure approaches after being announced as the winner. And when he approaches, he shatters the Picari blade and releases all the monsters out of the chest. 
he seems frustrated, irritated, and it's not what he was looking for. So he pushes Link aside in frustration and turns Zelda into stone. Before he does, though, she does show a glimpse of her sacred powers. Per the usual, we know Zelda's get power. She's awesome. And after showing a glimpse of the power, he he bounces. She turns to stone, he bounces. So Link is distraught. His childhood friend is turned to stone. He doesn't know what to do. He finds out that the only way to free Zelda from her curse is to ask the Picari to restore the shattered blade. So he goes to none other than the King of Hyrule. The King of Hyrule informs him that the Picari were not a legend, but actually existed. This isn't, you know, you got to think a hundred years later, people are like, oh, the Picari were just made up things. We've never seen them before. And the king's like, oh, no, they're very real and they're very powerful. So after being informed of this, he was also informed that the Picari have a special power and it's only children that could see them. So unfortunately, Link, you're going to have to go on this quest alone. So Link does. Link first heads to the forest to see if he can find the Bakari. When he heads to the forest, he encounters a mysterious talking hat named Ezlo. And I love Ezlo. <laughs> Ezlo is a sassy, sassy hat. <laughs> sassy hat. Sassy hat. <clears throat> so Ezlo was in trouble and he basically had a curse placed upon him and he was turned into this creature. He said to Link that in exchange for helping him, Ezlo would guide him to the Minish village in the forest. So Link, of course, agrees, and Ezlo becomes Link's new hat. This paves the way for a grand, bold new mechanic for the game and a really wonderful partnership between Link and Ezlo, which we see progress and grow throughout the game. So Link is led to the village by Ezlo. It is here where we first get our first glimpse of turning Minish. Ezlo shrinks us so that we can go see them. It is magical and amazing and all those blades of grass that you just kind of trance through no problems become a wild and tangling forest. The puddles that you originally could just walk on through become lakes, rivers, you know, incredible bodies of water. Everything changes in your perspective. So Ezlo continues to lead him. He finally gets to the Pakari village and the the elder of the Minish there tells Link that the Pakari was a name coined by the Hyruleans and given to the Minish people. They're actually called the Minish. And the Elder also informs Link that in order to engage Vati, Link would need to reforge the Picari Blade and make a more powerful white sword. So it's not enough to just create the sword or reforge the sword. You're going to have to make this thing a whole new weapon. In order to do that, you need to seek out the four elements hidden throughout the realm. So Link's informed... Link was informed of this and 
he once again accepts his quest, knowing what he has to do, and heads out. So you travel through a few dungeons to accomplish this task, and you get new items. And these things we'll talk about later when we get to items episode. So for now, we're just kind of going to gloss over it. But Link heads out to the all the temples, collects the elements, and during this time, Ezel reveals that he was originally a Minish Sage, which is why he has the power to change Link into Minish Size, amongst other things that Ezlo does. Vati had been his apprentice. Now, this is a real what moment. He also reveals that he was betrayed by Vati and Vati stole a mage's cap that granted wishes to its wearer. With the cap, Vati was able to become a very powerful sorcerer. That is for Vati to get his origin story like this was incredible. We we have to keep in mind during this time frame that the Four Swords Adventure was actually released before the Minish Cap. So it was incredible to see this is how Vati's origin story played out. You know, he wasn't truly a powerful sorcerer. He just stole the ability to become one. Typical bad guy. (laughs) So after revealing all of this and finding all this out, we also find out that Vati was still not content with the amount of power that he had and he wanted more. He wanted the greater power of the light force. And the light force was bestowed by the heavens a long time ago, a.k.a. the Minish. And Vati was in search of it. So now it makes sense what Vati was mad about not finding in the chest. It was the light. He thought the light would also be sealed away in that chest. But we'll find out where it actually is later. So, after all of this being said, Link heads off with everything he needs in hand and travels to the Elemental Sanctuary at the very center of Hyrule and fuses all of the elements into the Picari Blade to create the White Sword, which is also the Four Sword. What? What? So, so with the sword in hand, the doorway behind them opened up and they went on through and learned that the life force lies within the princess of each generation of the royal family. So this is something incredible that we've learned in this game. Not only does Princess Zelda have the Triforce of Wisdom, but she's also been bestowed with this light force. So something we learned interesting about the Princess Zelda is not only does she have the Triforce of Wisdom, but she also has this mysterious sacred light. Hmm. Now the other games are starting to make sense. (laughs) So at this moment, after they learn all this, Vati appears and Vati reveals that he's been following Link and Ezlo in order to learn more about the light source. Vati then steals Zelda away, who's still frozen in stone, and takes her to the castle rooftops. And he begins to extract the light force from her there. And this starts opening up the final battle for us. Vati's true intention here during this 
extraction process was to become a demon. Which still boggles my mind to this day how a light force could create a demon, but hey, it's Legend of Zelda. (laughs) So after this all happens, Link and Ezlo managed to stop the ritual, but it is unfortunately too late. Vadi had enough of the light force absorbed into his body to change. And what he changes into is the Vadi that we know from the Four Swords Adventures, the one-eyed, monstrous demon creature. So then Link begins to fight with Vati and begins to use the Four Sword during this match, which splits him into four different versions of himself. So this is actually, if we're going in the timeline, the first actual usage that we get to see of the Four Sword. So once this is all done, he manages to defeat Vati and seal Vati away within the Four Sword. After that, the door to the Minish world begins to close and Ezlo turns into a Minish again. He thanks Link and gives him the wonderful little green hat that we all know and love and tells him, huh, never seen you like this before, but you look good in that hat and walks away. No, <laughs> that's our plot of the Minish Cap. Now, <clears throat> there's a couple things that I want to know about the series as a whole and what's happened in this game different. In this game, we actually get to return to a point that was discussed through legend, but never played. Meaning this exact moment was discussed in the Four Swords. It was discussed during, you know, revealing what the Four Sword is and how it was forged and a hero wielded it before against against a great evil. It sealed the evil away within the blade. You know, we got all of this story, but we've never actually played as this hero. Well, here he is. So I think it's incredible that they went back and revisited a story from long before. I mean, that's a good way to make other games Mm. out of, you know, this by going and exploring other areas of the games. Mm -hmm. Loved it. (laughs) We can all argue that Skyward Sword, that's exactly what they did with it, but it really isn't because it was the legends were discussed time and time again throughout the games very briefly but it was never outright mentioned you know this is exactly what happened what was to, you know it was briefly touched on that the triforces brought down and the goddess Ilya gifted it and done to the people and you know these things were briefly discussed but it never discussed in depth how Hyrule and the rest of the world came to be what it is today. Skyward Sword was different in that light that it gave an answer to an ongoing question. Whereas Minish Cap was a story that had been told out, that had been explained through text, through pictures on the walls, through, you know, the stained glass windows. It had all been explained, but hadn't had a game. So kudos to Nintendo for this one. (laughs) So something I want to bring up Mm -hmm. is the several Super Mario references in the Minish Cap. 
I love these. <laughs> <laughs> these include enemies such as Bobombs, Spinnies, and Lactus. Oh, the cactus creatures. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in the Palace of Winds, Chain Link platforms with spinning gates, such as those found in Super Mario World and Super Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Mount Crenel, small beanstalks use the same sound effect from Super Mario Bros. when growing. I did notice that one, yes. It, was, it wasn't until after my second playthrough of the game that I noticed that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and on to, you know, music and sound effects. The Game Over music is an excerpt from the opening demo music in A Link to the Past. Oh, wow. I had no idea about that one. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I love how the Legend of Zelda series recycles old songs into new ones. I know. Like they did with the you know, Zelda's Lullaby. They just flipped it, reversed it, and added some sounds and made a new whole whole new song, like, the, you know, the the goddess ballad, ballad of the ballad of the goddess for Skyward Sword. I loved that. <laughs> so the last thing I have and we'll continue on is the Minish Cap is the only main Zelda game to feature an optional sound test. Huh. You're right. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I never noticed that. That's, I feel so awful for never noticing that, but you're right. It is the only one that has an optional sound test. Yeah, just those little tidbits of info that aren't like <laughs> super important, but kind of fun to know. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I think that is the perfect jumping off point for us to take a mid break. And when we come back, we'll discuss some more unlockables, Easter eggs, and some of our main characters and enemies. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. It feels very middly. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it this time, but I w- am going to do something new this time. And I am going to thank a couple people on Twitter. Okay. I get lots of very lovely messages from people on Twitter. And there's two people in particular I want to thank. And the first one is Victoria Worth. Thank you so much for your message. It was very lovely to see and read it was it was it was so wonderful to get and i'm not i'm not going to spill it all out here but it was fantastic and i really appreciate it and the second one was a while ago i meant to mention this and i did not rosie at r o o s a l d i n e sent us a very lovely message as well and I really appreciated it. This was this is a while back and I had totally forgotten about it. So I'm so, so sorry, but I really wanted to thank you too. The messages were extremely lovely and they were well received and really appreciated. And we just wanted to let you know. And on the appreciation note, we also got some new reviews. So <clears throat> I'm going to read them out. <laughs> so the first one is from L-O-Z-B-T-W, which we all know is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. (laughs) And it reads, 
The lure is awesome. This is the best podcast ever. Thank you for the amazing content. Keep up the excellent Zelda lore. What's your favorite LOZ game? Ariel, you got to answer this. What's your favorite LOZ game? Uh, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Majora's Mask. Uh, they say theirs is the Breath of the Wild, and that is also another good one. It was a very close second for me. I mean, yeah, Breath of the Wild, it was a really good game. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have they have two more here. I didn't read this. I didn't read it far ahead enough. Skyward Sword HD and Link to the Past. So they've got three favorites. Uh, they also ask, what was the worst Zelda dungeon that you played? Uh, the Water Temple <laughs> in Ocarina Time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. As I went back later, like I said, I played it. It was fine, but Eh. younger days it was terrible <laughs> uh, they said that theirs is when you had to get Den's Flame and what is your most difficult boss fight they said theirs was Garaham and I am I agree I mean that's a that's a three for me <laughs> um, it was difficult because you had to kind of continuously try to anticipate the blows and but anyway the last part of this says I really appreciate you putting the time and effort into making this podcast keep up the amazing work and Zelda lore and remember it's dangerous to go alone take this I love that they added that in (laughs) (laughs) so the next one we have is from Enderman 359 awesome podcast if I'm ever bored then I'll turn on this podcast. And man, this is the best lore podcast I have found. It simplifies it for my dumb brain so I can understand it. It's just amazing. You don't have a dumb brain. No. 11 out of 10 is what they gave us too. Oh. (laughs) No, nobody's got a dumb brain. Come on now. Oh, goodness. And the last one we have is, I love this name. I love this username. Hi, 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 (laughs) 0909876. Five three zero nine. Five three zero nine. Awesome Zelda podcast. I love this podcast. It has taught me so much about the Zelda lore. I've been playing Zelda for as long as I can remember. So this is a great. So this is great for me, and all those who enjoy Zelda. This is one of the best Zelda podcasts I have come across. Keep up the great work. I am so so thankful that we have so many amazing fans, and we have so many lovely fans that are willing to leave us messages and reviews it's so wonderful and it's helpful and it lets us know that we're going down the right path y'all are awesome <laughs> so on that note because i fail so hard um yeah i do we are still getting the kinks worked out on the patreon we have one more t-shirt design that is taking quite a while to do because it is a little difficult and I don't feel comfortable releasing the Patreon before we can give you everything you deserve. So just know that it is on its way and it will be an announcement in the podcast, on the Twitter and in our Discord. So we will notify you as soon as it's up, if that's what you've been looking for. So don't worry. It's on its way. But on that note, I think it's time to talk some lovely, lovely merch. Ariel, what do you got for us? Merch. <laughs> so this comes from Etsy by Pigmented and it is a wooden The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap for Game Boy Advance cartridge 
So what this is, it's a custom cartridge. It's a handcrafted wooden case engraved on a walnut and cherry. Each case has an opening that can fit a Raspberry Pi Zero. Oh. If you purchase the model that includes the Raspberry Pi Zero, it will have the RetroPie installed so you can play all your old games. So it's oh, it's so pretty too. <laughs> so it's $80 for this wooden cartridge. And it's $170 with the cartridge with the pie. Yep. That sounds about right for pricing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so pretty. But if you get the $170 option, you get the custom cartridge and the Raspberry Pi Zero, all the wires, one controller. So that's all it comes with. So you get a bang for your buck there. Yeah. Big time. Even if you just get the cartridge, it's so, so pretty. It'd be nice for a collector, honestly, Mm, of Zelda things. So that's $80. I will put the link in the show notes. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to put link in the show notes. Just so you know. Just a picture of link. Yep. I will say that one of our friends had told us that we have more links in our show notes than a Legend of Zelda game. And I thought that was the it greatest was thing Legend ever. Legend of Zelda convention. Oh, that's right. Legend of Zelda convention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. We definitely do. We do. Shout out to Wolf there. <laughs> so I also brought some merch and Mine is not about the Minish, but I saw this and immediately went, that's what I want to talk about. So you can find this on otakuplan.com. And again, link will be in the show notes. It is Majora's Mask high top shoes. And these things are awesome. So on one side, you have Skull Kid wearing Majora's Mask. And on the other, you have a quote that says... You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? And Majora's Mask. It's super cool. They're dark purple with white accents. They're just they're just awesome. Um, you can purchase these. They are $69.99 and they are awesome. And if you purchase them in bulk, you get discounts. And who doesn't love discounts? Because <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. And if you're worried about, oh, my gosh, will they fit? Don't worry. They have both U.S., Euro, men and women's sizes on the site. So you can make sure that the shoes will fit when you order them. Yeah. So that's what I have brought for us today. They're they're awesome. It, even if you don't want to go buy them, just go check them out because they're super cool. <laughs> So, on the topic of discounts, oh, remember, dear listeners, if you want, need, or both an <laughs> ocarina, head on over to STL Ocarinas. Use our promo code LOZLORE10 and get 10% off your purchase. Mm-hmm. By the way, I've gotten my ocarina <laughs> and I'm so excited. And I've got some downtime coming up. This week, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take one of those days and start learning how to play it. Can't wait. The best part about STL Ocarina is the books they got they, that we got with it to learn how to play the Ocarina. It shows exact finger fitments and placement. On top of that, they've got videos to 
show you on their website, you know, on their website and on their YouTube channel that show you how to, you know, your proper breathing methods, you know, how to utilize the ocarina and how to clean and maintain it. Yeah. So it's awesome. And I will say, we always talk about the quality of it. We've seen fans. Now that we have our own, I have to say, it is spectacular. It's super nice. Agreed. Absolutely <laughs> agree. Like the other like ocarinas that I've had in the past, you know, the mock ones or, you know, whatever. They've always had like sticker designs and they weren't really like carved or embroidered or anything else. Not this one. No, it's it's painted. It's it's got some engravements. It's it's awesome. Beautiful mm-hmm. work of art. Yes. So enough about that, though. <laughs> so with all that being said, I think it's time for us to jump to the end of the episode. Well, here we are with the end of the episode. <laughs> that was like the fakest cry I've ever heard. <laughs> I am actually sad. I love doing these. <laughs> but I think it's time for us to discuss some characters that we're going to discuss in the next episode. Woo. Woo woo. So what do we got? So really, we have four main characters mm-hmm. for the Minish Cap game. We have Ezlo, Link, Princess Zelda, and Vati. Yep. Those are our four main characters. <clears throat> There's a whole slew of secondary characters. Yep. A ridiculous amount. But I'm going to go over characters the next episode. Or, you know, we will go mm-hmm. over characters the next episode. And maybe then I will list. But right now, we don't want to be here forever. We're already at the end of the show. so <laughs> We got to say something for the next one. Yeah. So I just want to mention the bosses of this. Hmm. Just going to throw a mention out there. And like I said, we'll discuss it next episode more in depth of the different bosses and sub bosses and all of that fun stuff. So the bosses in this game are <laughs> Big Green Choo Choo. I, I love this one and I can't wait till we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got Glee Rock. Mazal, Big Octorok. You got Georg Bear, Vati Reborn. <sighs> dun dun dun. Vati Transfigured. <laughs> and last and certainly least, Vati's Wrath. Uh. <laughs> so, those are our bosses in the Minish Cap. Mm hmm. I've got some personal favorites. Uh, Choo Choo. (laughs) I mean, you got to love the name. Big Green Choo Choo. We're going to get into that. We're going to get, we're going to save it. We're going to save it. (laughs) So I did want to mention that we are going to cover a few of the side characters because they'll be brought up a few more times in the Legend of Zelda series. And one of those in particular is my personal favorite, Tingle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not going to go. I just wanted to list them for a little <sighs> summing up the plot. Mm. So, with all that being said, I think it's time we talk about some Easter eggs. So, you already mentioned one Easter egg about the Super Nintendo enemies. You're or welcome. The, um, the Mario. Mario enemies. Yeah. 
I knew what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) So another one that is glossed over briefly is that in each one of the handheld Zelda's game series, there is a character that appears from the Sim City. Oh. So the assistant, Dr. Wright in SimCity appears in all or most of the handheld Zelda games. But in this one, he's known as Dr. Left. Uh, I was hoping for Dr. Wrong. <laughs> that would have that would have really taken the cake there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he is. Uh, and in this one, he's a professor who reads books all day. So there's that. You not lift. <laughs> oh goodness and the other easter egg is the wind ocarina in this game plays the exact same song as the magic flute from super mario brothers 3 i know this song like the back of my hand because your boy could not play super mario brothers 3 without getting all three of the magic warp whistles and warping straight to level eight let's hear it do 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 <laughs> okay. I went. I, I, it would have sounded my, better on the ocarina. <laughs> I regret my. You should have regretted your decision. Uh, but yeah, so those are our big top three Easter eggs. And I'm going to save the unlockables because they're not really unlockables as much as they are like bonuses, bonus items and things. So we're going to save those till we talk about the items in the items episode. Because I don't want any spoilers till we get there. Everyone loves spoilers, though. I don't think I don't know. I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't. Everyone hates spoilers. Fine. <laughs> so, with all that being said, I think this is the perfect wrap-up point. So before we go, I want to just say thank you to all our lovely listeners and everyone on the Twitters and on our Discord. I really want to thank everyone. You all have been absolutely wonderful in these last two weeks. Um, I appreciate your patience and your time, and I appreciate you guys showing us love and support. I really do. And, you know, moving forward... I'm excited at what comes next for the series. Yeah. We're working on some very awesome guests to come and discuss some Legend of Zelda stuff with us. Um, so, yeah, there's your hot takes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say hot cakes? No, no. Oh. no. But we will be talking about Legend of Zelda food in the future, too. I'm mm. okay with this. <laughs> well, with all that being said... Again, thank you for everyone for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.